You're listening to the Mom Inspired Show, episode 61 with Melissa Sharp. Welcome to the Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, we are back with part two of the three-part series of Leave No Girl Behind with Melissa Sharp. Today, we are going to be talking about keeping your eyes and ears open for the window of when your daughter is ready to talk about her day. And we were joking about how it always seems to be the most inconvenient time. So just be just be ready for that. Also, we talk about when should we be stepping in and when should we be stepping back in regards to all the drama that can happen with our daughters and their friends. Also, teaching our daughters to not react to others, but respond to their own feelings first. And we will get into that more in the episode. So make sure to share this with your friends that have daughters if you haven't already. And let's go to the show. Today's Mom of the Moment Spotlight is Susanna Finley. Melissa, thank you so much for coming back on the show for part two of the Leave No Girl Behind series. Thanks for having me again, Amber. This is awesome. I know. It's a lot of fun to catch up with you. And I feel like life is crazy. So this is the most that we've talked in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) We're just talking with everyone else, you know, and which is awesome. This is the whole point of why I created the Mom Inspired Show, you know, because, you know, uh, this is not what I was even going to talk about. But the whole reason why I created this is because I just feel like there's many times you're at a coffee shop or something and you and you can hear some mom conversations happening and you're not friends with them. So you can't just pull up a chair and say, Hey, I really like what you're talking about. And I would like to listen. And so this is creating that environment that you can join in and listen and not feel like you're eavesdropping. And so, so you are sitting and listening to Melissa and I talk and we are friends. So, you know, if you ever do see us at a coffee shop, just be like, Hey, I want to come sit with you guys. (laughs) Yeah, eating donuts at the Five Daughters Bakery. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> and then drinking a ten dollar juice at the juice place. And so, um, <laughs> oh gosh, that's funny. Um, anyway, so I am going to start off the show asking you about your favorite vacation spot. Um, I know last time you mentioned Charlotte, North Carolina, and as always, I like to inspire moms to travel and you know be able to make memories. So, what is your next favorite vacation spot? Well, you know, my husband and I I do travel a lot and uh, it's one of the perks of the job, but I have to say, uh, we're often in Nashville, which is where you are in your show. Yes. Uh, So we quite enjoy it there. Uh, it's, and it's an incredible city. It's so much fun. I know we love it. I mean, this is why we're here. And so, um, yeah, Nashville is a great place. There's just, you know, a lot of things to do, a lot of great places to eat. It's a, you know, great weather and stuff like that. So I can see why you picked it. Um, yeah. This made me think about, you know, we created the vacation planning tool. And uh, the reason why we did it is because we really want people to be more intentional about going on vacation and making mem- memories with your family without going into debt all before the kiddos leave home. And, you know, we're just talking about the ages of our kids, you know, in the series and just kind of talking about all that kind of stuff. And, you know, one thing that stood out for me for the vacation planning tool is last year I was thinking, I was on an interview and I was thinking, how many more summers do I have left before Skylar graduates? And at the time she was in kindergarten and it really was like a punch in the gut. We only had 12 summers left. I was like, oh my gosh, like that is going to go by so fast. And so have you ever thought about like how many summers you have left with your girls? No. And now you're making me, I guess, 
I guess with my eldest, it's only eight. And wow. and mm-hmm. we just finished the summer, right? Yeah. Like the whole this last summer, summer 2017, just absolutely flew by. I know. Well, and you think you usually go on vacations for the summer, and that's why I always say that versus kind of like spring break or whatever. But you know, when you only yes. think about eight summers left. I mean, you think about like, oh, if you want to go to Grand Canyon and you want to go to Vancouver and you want to go to Disney four more times or whatever, for Melissa, it'd be eight more times. But (laughs) um, anyway, and so when you just think about it, if you said you wanted to go to Disney and you're only going to go eight more times before she graduates, graduates, I feel like that would be a shock to you. It is a shock to me. And we are, as as you know, that we're big Disney people. we plan. We love to plan Disney vacations. So that's why I love your vacation planning tool because it makes it realistic of, of how you can actually plan yeah, and plan well. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and here's the thing, you guys. So the reason why I'm just trying to like hammer this home, because I feel like what is happening with a lot of friends that I've talked to you about this, they're just kind of like, first of all, they realize how many summers they have left. So I want you all to figure that out. And then it's just so easy to keep thinking like, oh, we'll do it. We'll do it. And then three years go, goes by. And then now the kids are working jobs or whatever, you know, to pay for college and stuff like that. And then it gets a lot harder. And so the the vacation planning tool really just helps you think like, this is what we want to do before they leave. And this is how much money we need to put away in order to do this and make these memories. And, you know, with what Melissa and I are talking about in this series, it's all about just kind of being there with your kids, having good conversations. And I feel like when you go on family vacations, it really allows that time to really be able to focus and have those meaningful conversations where sometimes in the day-to-day life, it can get a little bit crazy. And I'm not saying you have to go on vacation just to have talks, but I have found that the best family time is when we go on vacation. So that's why that's why it was so important for us to make this tool. And so if you guys are interested, just go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash vacation planning tool. But we are going to jump into today's series. And so what is today's episode about? So this three-part series is the three R's. So last week we talked about reveal and that's revealing uh, the emotions, reveal, like putting the labels on, on what they actually are, revealing them to our, to our girls so that they can have an understanding of what it is that they're dealing with. The second part is respond. This is a big one uh, because it's, it's a difficult life lesson, Amber, for all of us to learn how to respond to someone, a situation or a circumstance instead of reacting to it. And that's something that I, I mean, I've had to learn it. I learn it every single day. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, this is something, I mean, my husband and I just the other day got into an argument and it was me having to remind myself, are you responding or reacting to him right now? And so if we want our girls to, to learn how to do this and have and cult, like cultivate healthy mm-hmm. friendships, then we have to teach them how to do it. And that's modeling it as well. Yeah. And I know <clears throat> even as women, right. And like you were just saying, it can often be very hard to even think about our own responses when something happens. It's like someone can say something to us, we can take it the wrong way. And before we can, you know, think about it, what we want to do or say, we just react. And, you know, you and I uh, had a situation when we were doing Cultivating Your Village and stuff like that. And you were sharing a story with me about something that had happened. And, you know, I was trying to challenge you too. like, are you, you, I, I wasn't using these words at the time, but now that I can see these, I was thinking, and I asked you like, okay, so are you, you know, 
pretty much, are you responding or are you reacting to what this person is coming at you with, you know? And so, and you had said, you know, no, I am responding and thinking about everything. And so it's good to have those things and those tools to kind of think through. And especially with social media, now we don't, I don't think we really get attacked with this kind of stuff, but I just feel like the people who really put a lot of stuff out there and the more vulnerable you are, I do feel like people are going to come at you and you have to really decide, you know, are you going to respond or are you going to react? And your gut reaction is to react, right? Like to kind of go on the defense. And I really like that idea. And it, it, what it makes me think of is the whole oxygen mask in the airplane. So like, if you can kind of think about responding if you can visually like picture, okay, the mask is dropping down, take that moment to think like if you were actually putting the mask down, how much slower it would take you to respond or react, right? And so if you can think about it that way. And so I like that you have, you know, that you've made that point to that there is a difference in that. And so, um, which leads me into what have you noticed with Rachel in regards to all of this and and share who Rachel is again. So in case people forgot from last week, well, Rachel is my youngest and she's just turned six. And I had shared that, you know, I have one of each. Um, We talked about relational aggression and I have, I have one child who sticks up for the underdog and, and a lot of this stuff goes right over her head. And then I have another child who uh, exhibit signs of relational aggression uh, because I've recognized that there's a deep, need in her to feel recognized and to feel uh, to not be left out. And so, um, with my youngest child who experiences relational aggression, uh, we're definitely in the throes of the reacting stage. You know, she's just turned six, so she's not mature enough to understand what her emotions are. And that's where reveal comes in. So I'm constantly revealing to her and this is like, yes, moms, I get it. Like when, when you are frustrated with your child and you just want them to understand, or you just feel like your kids will not stop squabbling. Like I have little girls, I have sisters who fight constantly with one another and you just want to stop. You, you have to like rein yourself in and recognize a teachable moment when you have it. Because if you don't recognize the teachable moment, it is going to come back to bite you later. The behaviors will only get worse. This is your moment as a mom to model what it means to respond versus react. And so, um, I actually had this conversation with a really good friend of mine recently. Uh, she is is kind of my person. If you remember from Cultivating Your Village, um, she's oh, a yeah. really good friend mm-hmm. of mine. We spent a lot of time together. And she has two daughters, uh, almost the same age as mine. And they spent a lot of time together, the, the four of them. And we realized uh, we were having coffee and we could hear the fight begin in another room. And I revealed to my friend that it's my youngest and her eldest that butt heads the most. And that's because their personalities are very much the same. Mm-hmm. And so for my youngest child, this child is, is a few years, it's just two years older than her, but she feels like she, if she doesn't assert herself and take what she wants when she wants it, she will always be left out. She'll be left out of the game. She'll be left out of of, uh, the circle. She'll be left out of whatever it is. 
And so she gets relationally aggressive. And so what I'm trying to teach her to do is how to respond instead of react. When you react, nobody wants to play with you. Oh, right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like that's just the reality. Like if you look at like with older women and you look at social circles with older women, the one who's the drama queen is the one who nobody, it's, it's exhausting to be around that person. Yep. I don't want my child to be the exhausting one for other people. And so I need to teach her that she's not being left out. She needs to learn how to take her turn. And that if she is, is being over aggressive to make sure that she's not being left out, guess what's happening? Somebody else is being made to feel like mm-hmm. their feelings don't matter oh, yeah. or that they're being left out. And so, yes, like it's tiring. And, and sometimes I feel like I'm on a hamster wheel with her <laughs> and I'm going around and around and around. And I, and I just go, is she ever going to get it? But you know what, Amber, by going to the moms who are three steps ahead of me and learning from them, and they're the ones spurring me on going, no, keep going, keep going. Cause guess what? She's going to get it. She will get it. You just have to give her the opportunity to put it into practice. Well, and that's, so, so that's, yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah, that's no where problem. we, that's where we are with her. So, you know, some people may be thinking, okay, but what does that look like to respond versus react? And yeah. so, um, in your situation, what are you teaching her that, what are you teaching her that looks like a response versus a reaction? So, and we'll use it with the situation of playing with, your friend's daughter. Um, yeah. So what would that look like to stop triggering triggering her to react to her? What would she need to do to respond and still be uh, assertive to protect herself, right? But not to react. So, so what would that look like? What are you trying to walk her through so that she can do these skills? I'm trying to teach her how to negotiate. So especially when it comes to play. Now, now, it's a totally different ball game when you've got 10 year olds who are using emotional manipulation against one another. So when we're looking at younger kids, so you have a three and a six year old and I have a six year old. So when we're looking at younger kids and they're not real, it's not the emotional thing. It's not the manipulation thing. It's the, I want what I want when I want it. And that's where their relational aggression is coming out. It's I, I'm trying to teach her strong negotiation skills and if she, she feels like if she doesn't, you know, take it often they're, they're fighting over things. And if she doesn't get it first, then she's not going to get it. And that's just not the way it goes. She needs to learn how to share. And, and honestly, if, if they're fighting over a thing, I'll remove the thing. I'll be like, you know what? You're fighting over this thing and neither one of you are responding to each other, like in a nice way, then I'm going to take the thing away. I'm going to remove the temptation. I'm going to remove the thing that you're fighting over. And it's teaching her that she needs to use her kind words and not her screechy voice. Often it comes out as a screech and a yell. And, you know, sometimes it will come out sneaky where she will just take something or hide something from somebody else. Oh, this kid just kills me sometimes. <laughs> and she, you know, and it comes out in, in a sneaky way and then someone else feels left out and it's getting her to respond is, um, it's honestly like teaching her how to negotiate, getting her to use her kind words and teaching her. And it's very hard that others come first. 
And that's a real tough one because that's not, it's the hardest thing for us as human beings to do is, is to, is to put other people first. Um, and just teaching her the consequences of what happens when you don't put other people first. So here's the kicker, you know, I think, you know, with you dealing with this current situation, it's your friend's kids. So you're close to them and stuff like that. But this is what I feel like is a challenge right now. And this is where I've talked to other moms that their kids are in school. And it's, you know, if they're hanging out with a bunch of girls and then they feed off each other. So maybe like mm-hmm. all these girls individually are really great, sweet girls, right? Um, but for whatever reason, when they come together, it just gets really ugly. And yeah. um, I've had this with multiple people. I've had friends say to me, oh my gosh, I wish my daughter would not hang out with these girls. I don't know why she keeps gravitating toward them. And there's, and they'll say, like, I'll try to say, why don't you go hang out with so on, so-and-so so and, and this person, this person on the recess. And then they just keep wanting to go to those people. So mm-hmm. especially if you're not friends with them, what would you do? Like, would you reach out to their moms and kind of figure out like what is going on? Or would you only do that if you were friends with the moms? Because this is where I feel like, okay, this is going to get challenging because you don't want to overstep, but then you're thinking, okay, how can we figure out this problem? Right. So this is where, so with the, when they're younger, it's more of a, of, it's more uh, a mental challenge for you as a mom. It definitely is. As I said, the hamster wheel, right? So you're constantly trying to teach them how to deal with these behaviors. When your girls start to get a little bit older. And so with my you know daughter, who's 10, this becomes an emotional war. This is an emotional challenge. I'm in the throes of both. I've, I, I'm on, on both ends of that trench right now. And, and I am running back between one and the other dealing with these issues. And so with my older daughter, this is something we're talking on a daily basis. I deal with this and I, it is, it is so hard sometimes to not react yourself, remembering what it's like to be a 10 year old girl. And you were the one that had happened to on the playground. It is so difficult to try, I like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It is, it is hard when you're coming from an emotional raw place. And I have heard story after story after story from moms whose daughters have been the target, whose daughters are being hurt. Some a little naive that they don't realize that it's their daughter that's causing an issue. Um, last year in particular for, for my daughter, it was very difficult with one girl who was so sweet. Like she, she, she comes from a good family and I, and I know the parents, but this particular little girl was very good at the backhanded compliment. And I mean, this, this was skill. This takes skill on how to do this. And what hurt me is I just thought this is something that she's picked up somewhere or she'd learned from someone. Now I'm not blaming, I'm not blaming mom. That's not, that's not it at all. You have to remember that our children are influenced by, especially our kids who are in school, they're influenced by different adults and many different adults all day long, but she's picked this up somewhere and the backhanded compliments that she would say to my daughter. And then my daughter would come home and tell me about, and my daughter would be distraught because she'd shake her head and she'd be like, I don't understand. And then, but this is something that happens all the time. And I hear this constantly. 
well, so-and-so didn't let me play with them. Or a mom will come to me and she'll say, you know, this is what I heard from my daughter that she wasn't allowed to play with so-and-so during recess because they just wanted alone time. And somewhat, you're right. Three doesn't work. We talked about this earlier. Three doesn't work. Three can work if you work at it, but there's always somebody that's going to be left out. It, it's not just three, you get four and it's two against two. Mm. Mm-hmm. It is emotional manipulation and it, and it starts so sneaky and it's just the, it's just these girls, these sweet, like they're just children, Amber. Like you got to remember that sometimes you, you hear things that come out of these kids' mouths or you, you know, you see a, a type of behavior and, and it makes you angry, but they're just kids and you've got to, you've got to teach your own kids that the way that they respond to these kids is going to shape how these kids are going to treat somebody else or treat your kid in the future. And so for, for my eldest daughter, it's, it's a lot of conversations. Would I go to the other mom? I wouldn't. Unless it was a physical altercation, I wouldn't. And this was advice that I was given. And there's a reason why. We're not doing our kids any favors on how to live in the adult world if we're saving them when they're kids constantly from dealing with the emotional stuff. If you're constantly stepping in for them, you're not teaching your kid how to handle the problem on their own. This is hard for me. It's it just is. When you look at your 10-year-old daughter and you see that she's the kid that will stick up for any other kid. And somebody says something to her that's cruel or mean, or she gets left out. It's, it's, it's hard not to let mama bear take over. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's why you've got to teach your kids to use their words and just treat, treat the other people, those other girls with kindness back. And so Avery's just kind of learned that if, I mean, she's, is she perfect? No, we've talked about tone. So sometimes her tone of voice and the way she can come off can set, set other people get their shoulders or their back up a little bit. Right. And so one way that I've taught my daughter is what's the tone of voice that you're using when you're talking back to them? How are you responding when they say, no, you can't play with us today. Cause we just want to, we just want to be alone. And she's learned just to put her hands up and just say, okay, that's fine. I'll go fight somebody else to play with. And she's not acting back mean. She's not acting like a mean girl. She's realizing that because I've revealed to her different emotions that she's experiencing, sometimes uh, other kids, you know, are react towards her because they're jealous or they're fearful or they're upset about something or they're having anxiety, just like she has anxiety. And so if she can just learn to walk away, um, but leave no girl behind. So I've also taught her one way to respond is if you're playing with your friends and another kid approaches and wants to play with you, how do you respond to that kid? Who's the odd man out? And she's like, we leave no girl behind. And so you welcome everybody in. And I've just taught her the way that she responds. Now it's a day-to-day lesson. Amber, this is something that like, yeah, we talk about on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, The kids with, with great character, the kids who 
are worthy of having those sustaining friendships with, the ones who are going to have her back, they're the ones that are going to be drawn to her. They're the ones who are going to seek her out on the playground. She doesn't want the kids who are mean, who are cruel, who are making fun of others to find her, to seek her out, to play with her. You don't want that. That's, that's just life. We wish every kid could be sweet and kind and they could all get along, but it's not going to happen. We need our kid to be that light on the playground. And no matter what affliction happens to them, their response is always going to be all right, but anybody's welcome in my circle. And that's just what we have to do. And it, and it's got to be every day. So today's mom of the moment spotlight is Susanna Finley. Hi, I'm Susanna Finley, a mom of two. I went back to work when my kids went to school full-time, but it wasn't exactly what I was expecting. I didn't really feel like the best employee, the best wife, or the best mom most of the time because being rushed, stretched, and stressed didn't allow me to be my best. Feeling that way, I obviously wasn't looking for something else to add to my plate, but when I learned that the dermatologists that created the most recognized acne solution in the world were looking for ambassadors for their new skincare brand and that I could work on my own schedule, I didn't need to host parties or make deliveries, I saw a way that I could still contribute to my family's finances, but without the stress and sacrifice. I jumped in two and a half years ago and I can honestly say I've never looked back. If you're looking for options and would like to know more about our company, please email me at lifefullout at outlook.com and let's see if it might be a good fit for you too. Melissa, I just wanted to leave the moms with just a little something, kind of like we did on part one. So with responding and teaching them something, I know you just shared some great stuff, but is there anything that can pop in your mind that you're like, you know what, I just want to leave you with this, something easy that you can just go and do today um, when your kids get home? Look for their window. So for, for us as people, we all have a window. There are times when, you know, I, I want to talk. And so I'm going to seek out the friend who's, who's, you know, got the moment to talk to me. And there are times when I just don't want to talk. And so if your kid's coming home and you're asking your kid questions about their day and they're not ready to talk, let it be, but keep your eyes and your ears open because your daughter's going to present a window of opportunity for you at some time, or she's going to want to open up to you and you need to seize the opportunity. It could be the worst moment. And for most of us, it's that few minutes when, um, they're getting ready for bed. And it's kind of when all the thoughts of the day, that's, that's their, their resting place, right? So it's, it's kind of when they're, when their mind's at rest, their heart's at rest and they're, they're winding down. And then all the thoughts and the anxieties and the fears and the emotions of the day start coming back. That's why that window is when it is. It's not because they're trying to drag out bed like bedtime necessarily, not for an older child. I find that's when they're decompressing. And so even if it's three or four minutes, but it's, um, it's asking your kid too. How did that make you feel when that happened? You know, you want to teach them how to respond, but you want to reveal to them what first. That was the first one. Reveal to them what it was that they were feeling in that moment. Let them hear it coming out of their own mouth. Well, mom, when she did that, it really made me feel left out. It really made me feel jealous that she showed me that she got an A and I, on her test and I only got a B. Let her answer. 
and it'll come out. She'll show you that window, but you got to wait for it. Yeah, no, I love that. Well, and you guys, we would love to hear your stories, what you're doing with your kids and how you're getting through all this. So you guys can join us at the Mom Inspired Show Facebook group and feel free to share stories or ask us any questions. We would love to hear from you. So Melissa, thank you so much for coming back on the show and we will see you next week for part three. Thanks, Amber. And there you have it. You guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. Make sure you tune in every Tuesday. We'll see you next week.